Coming up on this episode of Up For Debate, we are discussing Saturday Night Live and some of the best sketches of the last 40 years, and we're going to do it bracket style. That's right, head-to-head, some of the ones you know and love, but there can only be one winner. Who will it be? You're going to have to stick around because we're Up For Debate. This is Up For Debate, episode number 42, recorded January 28th, 2016. SNL's Sketch MVP. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Up for Debate. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by our debate, our debate uh, captain, our 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 referee, if you will, um, the one, the only, Mr. Matt Mariani. Matt, how are, how are we, we doing? How are we doing, Mr. Sean? Feel just it? one thing to say to you before we begin. And what would that be? That would be, this is Jeopardy. Do, 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 do. <laughs> what I always loved about those, the Celebrity Jeopardy sketches is they used the, like, the 90s set and then never changed it. You know, Jeopardy's changed their set every two years. Mm. But, the, but the sketch, they, they dug it out of storage and, uh, and held on to that one. Matt, uh, a quick trivia for you. Do you know how many times they've run that sketch? The, the Celebrity Jeopardy sketch with, uh, with Will Ferrell as Trebek? I do not know how many times, how many? but I would have to say it's got to be more than 10. How about 15? Oh, okay. Yeah, 15 makes sense. They were always fun. They Hello. were. And Matt, the folks at Homer and Luck, because we're going to talk about all of them, we're going to do it bracket style if you listen to our Novelty Songs episode. Um, we're going to do it in a similar fashion. We have 11, 11 SNL sketches we're going to put head-to-head, determine a winner, and eventually come down to one, which is, um, I'm calling it our MVP sketch, because I want to be careful in saying, and I think you'll agree, that this is not the best sketch. It is not, not the, we're not looking for the most well-written sketch, or even the funniest sketch. It's really just the sketches we like the most. And it's going to be a very broad set of criteria determining um, exactly what we, uh, what we do to pick it. Is that fair to say? I think that's pretty fair to say. We'll use our own unique brand of justice. That's right. Justice. Justice will be served to these sketches. I feel like we need a cold open. A cold open? Um, that, isn't this kind of what we're doing now? This is pretty cold. Yeah, this is pretty cold. I mean, I'm kind of chilly. Kind of chilly. And actually, our show does. I, I, do, I do a cold open before we start the show. So we're, we're getting there. I like how you jumped in with the live from New York bit. That was great. You're much more clever at that stuff than I am. See, we needed that little dialogue where we sure did said something, and then we go live from <laughs> slash Massachusetts. In the middle, Matt, you've just got to turn and be like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Coldplay." <laughs> and we just and we just don't say anything for like yeah, we five have, minutes. We have a musical guest. A musical guest who just shows up in the middle. <laughs> Once again, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> um. Yeah, Saturday Night Live is, is absolutely fantastic. We're going to get into that. I want to do a few quick things off the top before we get to that. Um, first of all, our website, upfordebate.tv, and uh, at upfordebate.tv on Twitter. You should go to both those places. Check it out. We've got all the things. And we're still in the middle of our contender giveaway, the True Debate game. We're giving away a copy on our website, upfordebate.tv. That contest closes February 5th, 2016. So go to our website if it's before that date and put in your name to win um, a cool, hot new card game. The contender, we're giving away a copy for you. So to our fans. Um, but now we've got to move into Saturday Night Live of course the long running sketch television program on the National Broadcasting Company um, their television channel NBC maybe you've heard of it Um, 
has now been going on over 40 years, and we have come up with a list of 11 sketches, um, some recurring, some not, that we think are among the best. Uh, the way it worked, Matt and I, we each came up with a list of a top 10. I cheated, mine was 12. But either way, I looked, and we had five that matched, and then we had a share of ones that didn't. And so we put all those in together. We've got 11. We're going to do it bracket style, as I described. Um, and I think it should be fun. I, I think these are all yeah. sketches. Now, I'll be the first to admit, and Matt, I think you'd agree, these are very front-loaded. And by that, I mean, and, and self-admitted, there are not a lot of classic sketches from the 70s and 80s in here. There just aren't. These are. This is a more modern-focused list because this is what we grew up watching, right? Yeah, but I, I think we still do. We do some of the old sketches justice. There are a few. There's not a ton, but yeah, there I think that there's a few of the the stars that make the cut. And honestly, like we were talking before the show, we really could do two episodes: one with old sketches and one with new. Or we could try to squeeze, you know, the, the top 100 list oh, in yeah. here because there are just so many good. You're ones. You're talking tens of thousands of sketches over 40 years. I mean, the the the, the yeah. list is massive. The show itself really was kind of different from uh, one period to the next, as each generation um, kind of took over, like took the reins of the show. But, you know, the spirit stayed the same. Absolutely. For sure. But, yeah, but for sure, like, uh, there's a lot of a lot of uh, differences in the jokes and the way that the jokes were portrayed, uh, some of the themes of the, of the show. But for, for sure, that spirit is still there. Absolutely. But I couldn't agree like more. Like you said, we're going we're gonna to try to hone in on the ones that we remember and the ones that we cherish growing up on and they're all look at any top list most of these are on them i mean these aren't rare sketches you've never heard of it's just that you know i, I don't want people saying well you didn't have a uh, land shark and you didn't have uh, rosanna dana and you didn't have uh, cone heads and you didn't have two wild and crazy guys and well that's because that's not really really our area of expertise but i think we've got a great list of 11 matt would you like to dig in are you ready to get back on the right track? That <laughs> my own uh, Matt Foley in person. This is fantastic. This is just Matt <laughs> Matt doing impressions of impressions. It's great. Bears. Um, of course, you should watch uh, our episodes on YouTube if you can, because we've got the video. I've got our bracket up here. We've got all kinds of schmancy new graphics. Um, and, and Matt, any particular place you want to start, or uh, we should probably start on the outer rim, right? Our kind of let's do it. It, it is an elite eight, but we bloomed it out to eleven, so we've got to get some preliminary stuff out of the way, Matt. And the way let's I decided to do this was I took two from each of our lists and made them go head to head because I couldn't pick one of the two, and I, I assumed you probably couldn't do the same. Um, so I figured we'd have a, a spirited debate, help each other narrow those down to one. Um, and then we also have a debate head-to-head -head in the preliminary. So, Matt, do you want to go first with yours, or should I jump in? Um, I think I'm going to let you do the honors. You're going to let me do the honors. All right. Well, there were two here I couldn't decide on. These are definitely more modern sketches, but they are by far the ones that made me laugh the most. Starting with Debbie Downer. Matt, are you familiar with Debbie Downer? Oh, yes. Debbie Downer for I'm me... Of course, you may know Debbie Downer, played uh, by Rachel Dratch, uh, premiering in 2004, and ran, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven sketches um, between 2004 and 2006. Of course, the character, you remember how the theme song goes? I do. I do remember it. Are I'm you, not going to sing you're it. You're not going to sing it? No. But I do remember you're it. You're enjoying your day, everything's going your way, and along comes Debbie Downer. 
always there to tell you about a new disease, a car accident, or killer bees. You'll (laughs) beg her to spare you, Debbie, please, but you can't stop Debbie Downer. Remember that? Oh, yeah. See, if Matt does bad impressions, I do bad jingles. Um, (laughs) And uh, what's great is... And the reason I brought in the sketch was because what is one of the best things about Saturday Night Live? When they break character, right? Some of the most memorable SNL moments are when the the actors bust out laughing. We're going to have more cowbell in a little bit, which I think is a great example of that. Um, and for me, Debbie Downer, specifically the, the launch sketch with uh, Lindsay Lohan at Disney World. You remember this one? Um, where all of the actors just busted out laughing yeah. and couldn't hold it in even rachel dratch couldn't um and for me i could watch that sketch a thousand times and it always makes me laugh um i i'm not gonna say debbie downer is the strongest character it is very one note but i love dratch's performance and uh the way people react to it so debbie downer is going up against stefan matt are you a fan of uh, stefan I have to be honest with you, Sean, I, I do not know that one. You don't know Stefan? What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to do an impersonation. It's got to be accurate enough to convince me that, uh, oh boy. that I, I know exactly who this character That's is. That's a tough one. I, I do not know who it is. Well, and part of the reason you probably don't, it ran from 2013 to 2015. Very current. Um, and... Stefan is a uh, is is the only character on this list who is a um, weekend update character, by the way, um, which we didn't we didn't get to Opera Man um, for some reason. But I want him on the list. I know, just, just for the record. I know, I know, and we had we had to shorten that list. I don't think we had enough Sandler on here. No, and we have I think almost no Sandler. We have no Sandler. So uh, Stefan, played by Bill Hader, who is. For my money, one of the most underrated Saturday Night Live uh, performers, uh, if you ask me. But um, the great thing about Stefan was it was this character, Matt, who was a um, who would give recommendations for nightclubs in New York City. But he would give these really over the top descriptions of um, of what these clubs would be like. Uh, so we would describe a club as. Um, you know, he would always say, the hottest club in New York is, and then he'd, you know, make a ridiculous sound or say something silly, you know, uh, described as uh, visions of a dying gay man uh, would have if he was under too many blankets or, you know, a, a coked up gay candy land. And he would, he would just these ridiculous descriptions. Um, I would love to play a clip, but uh, SNL is really aggressive about YouTube takedown, so we can't do that. Yeah. But, you know, he would say... Um, and while, you know, like Jupids, Jewish Cupids, and they would say, you know, Teddy, you know, and there you can meet Teddy Graham people. And then uh, Seth Meyers would say, well, what's Teddy Graham people who say when a guy has stumpy arms, but with a belly and just these, these funny little bits, I recommend you go check them out. Um, it always cracks me up. And what was really great about these sketches was, again, breaking character. What they would do is the writers before um, Bill Hader went on to do it, they would actually change the lines and not tell him. And so he would be reading them for the first time on air, and he always his famous character thing was he, he always talked with his hands over his mouth, like this, because Bill Hader was laughing and he couldn't show it. So, um, um, Stefan is 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 I know I know you're not as familiar, but one of my favorite characters. I always 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 laugh. I can watch them a thousand times, and they're so funny because of because of the writing and because of his um because of his performance. Sean, you know what? What? I do have a confession to make. All right, and what is that? 
I know who Stefan was. All right. I knew the whole time. All I just wanted right. you to do an impression, and, and you didn't deliver. New York's hottest club. I can't. There we go. All right. That's all I was asking. Go lose on my I know, street cred. I knew, who, I knew who you were talking all about. All right. All right. Sneaky, like sneaky. Um. Yeah, so so those are my two. Debbie Downer versus Stefan. For my money, I'm going to go with uh, Debbie Downer. You're going to go with Debbie. Why are you going to go with Debbie, Debbie Downer? Because I think Stefan is, well, while they're both pretty one-note characters, like they have their one, you know, the one thing. They're, they're, you pick two characters that kind of have like one attribute. A signature that, style, that is, yes. That is like blown up. Right. And a uh, signature style, yeah. And and just uh, yeah, for my money, I, I would rather watch a thousand Debbie Downer sketches than a thousand Stefan sketches. Just uh, just me, uh, just my own preference. I think Debbie Downer's funnier. Yeah, and and I, I would agree that. with you to to the degree that well, I think individual Stefan performances could be really funny. I think. I think Debbie Downer had more jokes in that character to go forward, and I think I, I'd agree that um, Debbie Downer was a good combination of acting and writing, where I thought Stefan was really more of a writing character. The jokes were funny on paper, and they were really only funny in delivery because it was Bill Hader with the the laughing. Um, mm-hmm. And what was also great, and, and it's important to note, that this is a Weekend Update character, right? His only interaction was with Seth Meyers, um, whereas mm-hmm. Debbie Downer, you brought in the celebrities and you, you the other actors, and you actually had a bit of more of a performance going, um, which I think was a was a big difference. So I, I think it's fair. I, I would agree. I think I think Debbie Downer might move on in this battle. Sound fair? Sounds fair. All Lesson right. Learned. You gotta have a jingle. What? Yes, exactly. A catchy the theme song set. will get you. I don't think oh, over a, a few of these have jingles, actually. Well, actually, we're going to get to one that has a jingle. Your sort of head-to-head, Brian Fellows, who had his own jingle, and Samurai <laughs> Deli. Matt, wow. why don't you introduce uh, the two of these to the folks okay. at home? I know it's tough. I didn't know we were going to get to this one so early. This is this is going think, to... I think this might be the hardest pick of the night for me so far. I mean... We don't know what's going to happen in future rounds, but for starters, I mean, all right. So we'll start with Brian Fellows, um, of course, played by Tracy Morgan. Uh, in I don't know the years. You're gonna you're gonna have to be the years guy, but it was definitely in the 2010s. I'll I'll, get, I'll, I'll let you finish the introduction, but I, I um, have the the list. Yeah. So he very contemporary, but he would play a. Um, Kind of like a Jack Hanna, uh, crocodile hunter character, who would bring live animals onto the uh, onto the set, and you know they would be walking out there, and uh, they would actually be they would actually have live animals for the most part. They wouldn't really uh, they wouldn't skimp on the on the uh, authenticity. They would walk around the set, um, and he would have some dialogue about <laughs> he would clearly have no no um animal training or expertise about these animals uh he would just have them there and he actually for the most part he, he seemed to be afraid of the animal. not tracy morgan but well maybe tracy morgan was too but the character brian fellows was was much more like apprehensive about these animals being there than than the guests were for the most part either that or he would be extremely reckless and just let them like he would let the animals walk all over the guests and say nothing at all. He was a very neglectful animal, uh, I guess, uh, animal guy. 
And it was just a spoof on like, you know, animal, um, Jack Hanna Rangers, and those kind of yeah. guys. Yeah. Park Rangers kind of people like just bringing animals onto like talk shows. It was very much spoof that, that whole thing. Um, but Tracy Morgan played him very, very, um, very, very straightforward. Like he was a very, uh, memorable character. And uh, one of the best one of the best moments actually was an accident. Um, he had brought a live camel onto the set, and the camel had walked in front of the teleprompter. So uh, Tracy Morgan was trying to read his lines over the teleprompter, and, and he said, "Get out of the way, camel!" And it was a very funny moment um, for those sketches. So that's uh, that's Brian Fellows, and he would go, "Hi, I'm Brian Fellow." But he would always <laughs> say Brian Fellow, not Brian Fellow. That was a good impression. I bought it. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's him. Then uh, the next sketch that's going up against that in this head-to-head battle is, um, is is Samurai Deli, played by my personal favorite SNL cast member, John Belushi. Uh, and John Belushi uh, played this character. This was this was going back to the nineteen seventies, late seventies, early eighties. Premiered nineteen seventy-five. Seventy-five. Okay, so nineteen seventy-five. So um, he played this, uh, this, this samurai, basically. He would, he would be in samurai garb, traditional garb. Some, uh, one of the other cast members would come into the, this deli, called Samurai Deli, and they would order something, and he would... And this was a recurring sketch. It happened a couple, you know, a couple times, either throughout an episode or you know, throughout every week. And he would pull out his samurai sword, and he would just go crazy, wailing on whatever it was. So they would come in and they would say, uh, I'd like a, uh, a, an Italian combo, please. And he would go, Italian combo. And he would pull out his sword and just like go crazy, just chopping everything in sight. He'd chop the tables in half. He'd, like, he would start out making the sandwich, but then he would just start chopping things with a samurai sword. It's a very, it's a very meat and potato sketch, in my opinion. And uh, very simple Simple laughs, but laughs nonetheless. And uh, that's Samurai Deli. He, he also, I think Samurai Deli also wound up evolving into like Samurai Pizzeria. Well, yeah. So a couple other Samurai places. So they did, uh, oh, I just had the number here in front of me. They did 14 of them, including uh, the pr- the premiere was Samurai Hotel. Samurai Deli was actually the second. Oh, okay. Um, and then there was Samurai Divorce Court, Samurai Tailor, Samurai <laughs> uh, Psychiatrist, Samurai TV Repairman, Samurai Optometrist, um, ending in 79 with Samurai Bakery. Yeah. Okay. So, see, I, I, I mean, I remember Samurai Deli the fondest. Well, but- and of course... And then of Samurai course, Divorce Court was pretty good, too. Well, there was a, the famous Samurai Stockbroker, if you remember this one, which was the one where Belushi accidentally strikes Buck Henry in the head with the katana. Do, oh. do, you, do you remember this moment? Um, where, where, you know, he's doing his usual thing, and he actually oh, connects... And and, cu- yeah. and has a and and Henry kind of staggers back from the blow, um, and they had to put a bandaid on his head. And so famously, at the end of the show, all the cast members came out with bandaids on their forehead for the rest of the show, oh. in solidarity, um, <laughs> which was w- one of the classic SNL moments, uh, certainly of the seventies. Very good. I didn't know that bit of history. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to help. Yeah. So that's Samurai Deli. Now it's and it's up against Brian Fellow. You know what, Sean? I am gonna turn this decision over Ooh. to you. Well, just to start with, I'll weigh in in a bit. But 
You want you want here? Well, man, like this, this is a tough one for me. So when you sent me your list of sketches, some of them we're going to talk about, some of them we're not. There was one sketch that you included on that list that I said I can't believe he picked that. And that would be one of my least favorite characters in the history of Saturday Night Live. Brian Fellows Safari <laughs> Planet. I fucking hate Brian Fellows. So now now we know what side you're on. So, well, okay, let me hang on. Hang on. Before (laughs) you jump to conclusions. I'm keeping this in because this is the first I'm hearing. As soon as I saw that list, because I know I messaged you back and I'm like, I don't agree with some of these. It was Brian Fellows, and let me tell you why. Okay. I don't think Tracy Morgan is that funny in general. Oh, no. He's great. He was great on 30 Rock because he played himself. No, he was great on 30 Rock because he played himself. He's funny in everything he does. Brian Fellows is that same one note character that he plays, the kind of dumb, stupid. Mentally challenged guy. That's that, that's so all good. he ever does. Yeah, and he's decent at it. But then throwing Brian Fellows was not funny. It was not funny as it was written. And I don't think it was even that great as it was performed. I agree the live animals aspect kicked it up a notch. I think without that it would have been a real disaster. But I don't I look at the the pantheon of famous Saturday Night Live characters. And to for me to put Brian Fellows <laughs> On that list is a disgrace and embarrassment because I think it is. Now listen, listen, listen here. To be fair, yeah, you included Stefan on this list, Brian. You're... Just to be clear, Matt, you you have to remember. My opinion. We each got to pick. Brian Fellows is here. Stefan is much. That's fine. And 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 I understand you like Brian Fellows, but you asked my opinion and I'm telling you, I don't like I, okay. Brian Fellows. But okay. okay. That's fair. Let's assume for okay. a second, and this is actually by the way, one of the way they statistically figure out how good basketball players are or football players are is they compare them to a statistical average player. They say if you replaced him with somebody statistically average, how much better or worse would your team be? Tells how valuable you are, right? Let's take a second and take Samurai Deli and compare it to a statistically average sketch. Samurai Deli, how does it stand on its own? I'm not going to not pick Brian Fellows because I hate it. I'm going to pick Samurai Deli because I think it's great. I think it is a classic. I think it was a fantastic representation of early 70s Saturday Night Live where the sketches weren't about being clever or about being full of themselves. It was about silliness and and bold physical humor and just over-the-top premises that were funny from the moment they started to the moment they ended. And there's no surprise that it ran 14 and they were all funny. Mm. So for me, I just think I would have put Samurai Deli, if I had remembered it, I would have put it on my list because I think I just think it's a really good sketch. So I'm I'm not saying don't pick Brian Fellows. I'm saying I think we should pick Samurai Deli. That's my opinion. You make a very good argument, Mr. But, Sean. Where's the butt? I'm waiting for the butt. But uh, yes, okay. No, no. I'm picking Samurai Deli too. Honestly, I was I was leaning that way toward the beginning. I it's, thought your big reveal was going to be that you hated John Belushi, and I was no. going to say, well, that's just unacceptable. What is there to hate about Samurai Deli? But the problem is, too, and this is partly me because I set up the bracket, but I don't think putting Brian Fellows up against Safar, uh, Samurai Deli is really fair. You know what? That was that was the matchup when I when I looked at it um, a couple days ago. I kind of that was the one that kind of made me scratch my head a well, little bit. Well, so mad. So let me. This doesn't really stack up. So let me. I was, I was obviously going to pick Samurai Deli when it's up against most things. All right. What if we threw an audible? Okay. Okay. 
It's going to get interesting. It's going to get interesting. If I had to swap out Brian Fellows with one of your other sketches that didn't make the bracket, oh, which included wow. the following. Dub Airs, Reagan yeah. in the Oval Office, um, yeah. and those were really the only two that didn't make it. Wow. Would you did pick I one put, of um, Did I put Dinner with Bees on there? No, you did not put Dinner with Bees. But that is another you know, great that sketch. But if you had That's to... actually that that was what I was thinking of when you told me you were talking about early like an example of an early sketch that was just silly. Yep. Like that dinner with bees was definitely very, very silly, but very early Saturday Night Live. Absolutely. With Rob and the, yeah. But uh no, that being said Would either of those beat Samurai Deli? Two options. Would they beat Samurai yeah. Deli? They would the Bears would come close. Yeah. I think we could have more of a conversation if the Bears was in it. How about on your end? Well, would, would, would Samurai Deli still beat those two? Yeah, I think it would. Reagan in the Oval Office isn't really fair because that's a one, that was a one-time sketch. Right, and it was great. It was, very, it was a very, very good sketch. Oh, it was. Very, but it wasn't – I don't think it – you know, it, it didn't have that power that – that uh, the Samurai Deli hags. It was, re- it was well, recurring. and Re- Reagan is not a, a well-remembered SNL president either. I don't think. No, he not wasn't in the way some of the other ones were. One. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, the point I'm getting at is that yes, it was an easy bout against Brian Fellows, but I don't think it would have beaten the other options. I don't think so either. I'm basically just justifying my bracket choices. Is my, really what I'm doing. For my money, I you know what I, I still probably would have let let a Samurai Deli stick by. Stink, All like, right, stink by. Sneak just under the radar, right? The combined power of the Bears, Reagan in the Oval Office, and Brian Fellows could not stop Samurai Deli. And understandably so. It is going to keep rolling, Matt, because we've got one more um, early early one to break. So another preliminary. We haven't even gotten into the Elite Eight yet. Can you believe it? I know. We're going to be here all night at this rate. Um, And that would be... The presidential debates. Now we each picked one in our list, right? And they were different. And I couldn't, I couldn't justifiably pick one over the other without talking with you. So I figured we'll put them both in. A lot of presidential debates on Saturday Night Live. Many of them are famous. We each picked one. Matt, you picked. Well, I'll go first chronologically. I picked Al Gore versus George Bush in the 2000 election. Of course, the famous uh, lockbox and strategery. Strategery. Uh, strategery, which. By the way, President Bush never actually said, uh, but many yeah. people credit that he did. And you picked the follow-up, the 2004 George Bush versus John Kerry debates. And this was another one where when I saw your list, I didn't disagree, but I was really interested in hearing your rationale, Matt. Why did you go with, of all the presidential debates, you went with Kerry Bush? I can't remember if it was the – I think it was the second debate. For mm-hmm. me, town hall debate mm-hmm. where they were walking around. I don't know. I think that was really for me where where Will Ferrell hit his stride as George W. Bush. I think that like just the thing, the way he acted, I felt like he he really got into character more so in that one particular debate than in any other. And I think he like he you could tell he was really enjoying himself as George W. Bush. Um the actor who played John Kerry was also really good and, and really on point. Um, and that was the whole one with uh, <laughs> he, they asked him a question or something and he just gave like John Kerry gave like just this blank stare. 
I don't know. I just remember that debate pretty fondly, I guess. Or the, you know, the SNL debate. I think it was well written. Um, but mo- it was mostly Farrell as, as, as W in that, in that debate. Well, now, I think I also, if I may pull an audible here. Uh, you, uh, it's our did, show, so I, I won't stop did, you. Did I include the uh, George Bush Dukakis debate? No. On my list? I didn't put that on No, there? you only had the one debate, the Bush carry. How did I do that? All right. Maybe it was just, maybe I just overlooked it. But I thought that one, that one might have even been better. At least more iconic. Well, I I would have even tossed up some... Uh, uh, Perot, uh, Bush Clinton. Oh, from 92. I mean, they, there are so good. many good ones. You know what? Yeah. Can I, can I sub out my Bush <laughs> carry for Bush to caucus? Um, yes, you absolutely can. But, but the one thing I was trying to remember, um, Will Farrell didn't play Bush in 04. I don't think he didn't No, it was Will Forte playing him because, um, Who's I just, Will Forte? He, um, he's the guy he played, um, he's on Last Man on Earth right now. Um, if you saw his face, you'd recognize, what, what, what were some of his characters? I don't remember. Anyway, that was after Farrell had left. In 2004, he actually didn't play him, because I just rewatched these when I was making the bracket. Oh, I, I thought you were some kind of SNL nerd. No, no, and that's, then that's what surprised me when you picked it, because... The okay, reason see, I, I would disagree is because I, I I didn't think Forte was a great Bush. Seth Meyers was a, a pretty good carry. Um, and they they weren't bad. Was that Seth Meyers? It was yeah, Seth Meyers played play. him. Yeah, that was before his update days. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there was that wasn't Will Ferrell. But who, then whoever it was, then I, Will I Forte. thought he did a great job. I, he did a fine job. I just don't think it was Will Ferrell. But no, yeah, no. I like. I mean, I I do think Will Ferrell is the classic George W. Bush. For some reason, in my head, I'm picturing him playing. But I don't remember Dukakis Bush. So many thousand points of light. Thousand was, points of light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now it's coming back to me. By, played by um, Dana Carvey. Played by Dana Carvey. Who played Dukakis? And, uh, Dukakis was actually um, what's his name? The guy in uh oh oh John Lovitz the benefits John Lovitz yes yeah 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 That's I can't the, believe I'm losing to this guy that was his yeah, that was his famous yeah, line his iconic famous line for that came out of that debate I can't yeah, believe I'm that's losing. right those are good yeah mm. yeah so so I, I would I would swap those out and say Bush to caucus but and you rank yeah go ahead fond uh, I I must have some kind of fond memory for for Bush carry just maybe because. That was the time we were growing up. Yeah. Might have been like my first viewing of a presidential debate spoof on SNL Live and everything. All that excitement. Mm-hmm. But I, I, like, I don't have the benefit of, I didn't go back and rewatch these. If I had, maybe I would have come out with Dukakis Bush. But, but yeah, the, I, I don't really have a strong dog in this fight. Well, I, 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 yeah, I think it's a, it's a tough d- decision to make because I, I, I like, I like Gore Bush and I like Dukakis Bush, which is funny, but, yeah, um, so now I think, that, I think we can have a more spirited a debate, more spirited debate. Yeah, there you go. Um, exactly. I, I, all I'll say between these is that of those sketches, the one that had the longest staying power and the most impact on the actual election because a lot of people credit those the bush gore debates by making george bush more likable 
as played by Farrell. Even though he was an idiot, a lot of people credit it with making him seem likable and Gore seeming unlikable. So for my money, that's why I would pick that. I agree Dukakis and Bush had some great moments, but I don't think it was the kind of cultural moment that the Gore Bush ones were. That would be yeah, my only I, argument. I yeah, I would I would uh I would agree with that. When the Bush when the Bush Dukakis debates premiered on the show, like at that point the election had already basically been decided uh for Bush. So mm-hmm. it wasn't wasn't really like that's why I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. Got so many laughs because he literally was losing pretty yep. bad at that point. They knew the election wasn't going to be close. The Gulf War really made uh, the Bush presidency uh, over Short the hill lived. Of, over the point <laughs> at that point. Well, no, the Gulf, the first Gulf War made the senior oh, Bush right. presidency like impenetrable. Basically, he was he wasn't going to lose. There was no chance. Um, so. Yeah, so that's why I think that your point is fair when you say Bush Gore was much more relevant um, for the audience. But I'm going to counter. Please. And I'm going to say just as an SNL sketch, when we put the actors up against each other, we line up uh, Carvey as Bush Sr., Farrell as Bush Jr., um, uh, whoever it was that played Gore. Uh, uh, I think the actors themselves, I, I think that, that Dana Carvey is like Dana Carvey was the best George Bush impression I've ever seen. Oh yeah. And I think that we, like we were discussing before the show, Farrell had a lot of material to work with for W. There was just a lot. Mm-hmm. The accent, the Texanisms, the mispronouncing of words slash making up of words. He had a lot of material there. So I think to level the playing field, I wanna that's why I want to make a good argument for the uh for the Bush to caucus debate. Just because I think it, it took a lot more effort from those characters to Very bring fair. to life. Very fair. I agree. Now, Dukakis also was kind of this, like, stereotypical politician, very straightforward and, mm-hmm. and kind of almost robotic. And um, John Lovitz injected a little bit of himself into that character. So that's just that. That's the argument I was make, would make, is that the, 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 the uh, supplies weren't really as, as well laid out for those two as yeah. they were for the other, mm-hmm. other debate. I agree. Now the question is, is either one of us going to budge from our position but, and agree with the other? Hmm. That's what happens when you have two hosts. Somebody has to change their mind. Right. Now we, we need to hear your counter-argument. My counter-argument is the same as my original argument, <laughs> which is that while I agree, do you, is the bigger, using movies as a parallel, is is it more important to be the highest grossing movie of all time or the movie that wins the most Oscars? Because I feel like that's kind of what, on what you depends on what you value. Most. But that's exactly what I think we're debating here, right? Because I would say Gore yeah. Bush is your box office winner, right? It's the one that gets the attention. Is it is it yeah. the best written? Is it the best performed? You know, I think Bush Dukakis has some points there. But what do you look for in an SNL sketch? How, how do you uh, just overall any sketch? How do you judge it good or bad? 
I think you know what. Bottom line, I think we should just we should just judge it by the most iconic moments that came out of it that are the most best remembered, right? So the first debate we're talking about, Bush Dukakis, yeah, on SNL, everyone remembers Thousand Points of Light, yeah, and everyone I can't believe I'm losing to this course. guy. Everyone and yeah, that one, um, and that was and that got that got a pretty big laugh. Yep. I think I, I think it got a and from obviously you're, we're going to say the other one was the closing arguments from. Now that's interesting that I'm just remembering that both of these things were like the candidate's closing statements. Oh yeah, well, that's where the punchlines are. You said you spend the whole that sketch was, setting that up. You know, you, if you didn't of, have Gore saying lockbox 28 times, it wouldn't be yeah. funny as the closing argument. And you know what? Because of that, of the virtue of of uh, of those closing lines. I think I'm going to side with the Bush-Gore argument. I think that those closing lines are, are objectively funnier than the Bush-Tukakis lines. I think that, yeah, the, uh, your closing statement, lockbox, your closing statement, yeah. strategery, funnier. I think strategery itself kind of harkens back to like the early SNL like silliness. Well, and... and- for for my money, I really think that Gore Bush was really the SNL, whatever you want to call it, political event that really put um, that really put SNL on the map as a as a political force. Now it's always been a political force, but I don't think it had. I don't think it was ever bigger, and I don't think it actually influenced the actual real world politics as it continues to. By the way, as I think it does. Um, I, I don't think it was ever, it was ever bigger than it was after those, those moments. Mm. So we'll go now, with that. Actually, before, before yes. we, before we leave, uh-huh. um, this argument, um, just an interesting tidbit of information that I looked up, uh, before the show was going on. Did you know, uh, when we go back to the Bush to caucus, uh, debate, the scripted line or before the show, um, before the show was going to uh, to go, they changed it at the last minute. The scripted line that John Lovitz was going to say was going to be, I can't believe I'm going to lose. To, no, I can't believe I'm about to lose to this guy. Yep. That was what the line was. I can't believe I'm about to lose to this guy. And they switched it at the last minute. I, I'm assuming they, then they switched it to, I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. I, I'm assuming because they didn't want to discourage potential voters. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's very good. Well, and we'll see how the debate f- affairs as we continue on in the bracket because we have our elite eight, and uh, and let's start with the one head to head that we didn't touch yet. So two new sketches we haven't dealt with so far, and that would be Celebrity Jeopardy versus Dick in a Box. Now I want to point out all of these matchups were done randomly, so I had no strategy in putting these together. It was all random. Um, of course, Celebrity Jeopardy, hosted by Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek. Matt, do you want to know how many of... Oh, I asked you at the beginning. They ran 15 of these between <laughs> 1996 uh, and 2002. Uh, or No, I'm sorry, through 2009, um, including when Will Ferrell returned to host the show. Um, the only other character to appear in every Jeopardy sketch is Daryl Hammond as Sean Connery. And uh, and two other actors appeared in six of them: Norm Macdonald as 
um, as Burt Reynolds and Jimmy Fallon as various characters. Um, against that, Dick in a Box, which you may remember, uh, Justin Timberlake, Andy Samberg, and the fine folks at Lonely Island putting together their SNL digital short in December of 2006. Uh, fun fact, the song was written in uh, one night, written and recorded in one night, and the music video filmed the next day, um, and it was debuted a, a few hours later on the show, so a very fast turnaround for a very memorable song. Um, do you know how many times they used the word dick in the song? Over 100. How about 16? You think it would be more? <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be more. Um, but it's really yeah, it's only in the really chorus. In the chorus, yeah. Um, and, of course, making Lonely Island a, a big popular hit, really spinning off a number. You may remember Mother Lover and Three Way, um, the, the kind of follow-up songs to this. Um, what about I Threw It on the Ground? Well, that wasn't that wasn't with Justin Is Timberlake. Oh, with Justin. Yeah, yeah, this was with Justin Timberlake. Yep. Yeah. And it was uh, and it and I don't know if it ever was a chart hit. Uh, oh, it reached 82 on the Canadian Top 100. So a little fun fact for you. Um, where do you want to start with this one, Matt? Uh, let me start by saying I think that while Dickin Box is it has its funny qualities to it. It's, it's kind of, this, this kind of has the same, so this argument kind of has the same tone for me as Samurai Deli versus Brian. Fe- oh, you, you think it's a, a, a one-sided fight? In the Oval Office. It's kind of like, there, this is a, this is a sketch that, re- Jeopardy, Celebrity Jeopardy is a reoccurring sketch, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it carries a lot more weight, I think, because there's been so many different jokes injected into it. Uh, different actors playing different characters, and they, and they've had they have that advantage going for them versus this one time sketch. Granted, it has the star power of Justin Timberlake behind it. Well, but I, I would I would counter that right, and I would counter that by saying, yes, they did Dick in a Box once, Dick in a Box once. But I like what it represents, which is SNL digital shorts, which I think which because we can't pick a whole cat. Although I guess we could have picked the whole category. Um, I think. That deserves some amount of respect because how many of those have they done? Actually, I can probably find out. Um, but what's kind of I, I don't think uh, they they premiered in 2012 and and have been uh, and have been done in the few years. And, and I really think it was of the 2000s. I think digital shorts are one of the most representative pieces on Saturday Night Live. I really think they helped define the show, especially in uh, in the later years. So, oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It dated back to 2005. I didn't realize it was that old, um, going all the way through to essentially today. So, so the decade of the 2000s, I think, couldn't couldn't be represented without talking about digital shorts. And I think Dick in a Box is, I would say, maybe next to Lazy Sunday, which really kicked it off. Um, I would say is is the most representative of that. And yeah. so, so, so I agree. While Celebrity Jeopardy is representative in its size and number of sketches, I think Dick in a Box is representative of something bigger. Now that being said, I agree with you, and I think uh, I think Celebrity Jeopardy is, is a, an absolute heavyweight in this bracket, probably going in as a number number one or number two seed. And, and I think it is it is one of the funniest 
it's one of the best examples of a simple premise made hilarious. Because just doing Celebrity Jeopardy, they could have done that once and had it been forgotten. I'm sure they've done other game show parodies and they've been forgotten, right? Um, I think Celebrity Jeopardy, because of the way it was written and acted, was a very unique sketch. And I think that's why it's been repeated so much. So um, I'm, I'm 100% on board. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, <laughs> we can talk all day about how, how Will Ferrell uh, breathed life into the George W. Bush character. I think he did the exact same for his Alex Trebek character, but in a different way. He was the, in that, in those sketches, he was the straight man, but he still was able to play the straight man as a hilarious character because he just did it over the top. Um, obviously the biggest laughs were from, um, were from Daryl Hammond as Sean Connery, uh, and as, uh, uh, what's his name? Ian, McDonald? No, Norm McDonald. Yes. Sorry. Ian McDonald as uh as Burt Reynolds. Yes. Um so yeah, for yeah, you know what? Yeah, for 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 my own preference, I would I would go with Celebrity Jeopardy in this one. Just because I can remember simply I can just remember laughing probably more at that sketch than any other SNL sketch. Oh, absolutely. Over and over again. And I could watch it over and over again. And it would still be hilarious. All of them. Uh, uh, the pen, the penis mightier. <laughs> the pen is mighty. Jap anus relations. Remember some of these? That's Japan U.S. relations. Um. Yeah, some of these are. I'm. I'm just. I'm reading the list. And what's What's kind of funny is you can actually read about. The real Jeopardy actually has used a lot of these references in the show itself, including having categories like Japan-U.S. relations and U.S. relations and uh, and some you know surprise me Trebek and and things like that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just think they're just really they're really funny sketches and and uh, yeah, I really don't know what more to say. So sadly, I think Dick in, a, Dick in a Box I think will be one of the ones I'll look back and say, damn, I wish we could have gone farther with that. The 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 Super Bowl shuffle of the SNL bracket. Yes. Especially if it was uh, if it was lined up against Brian Fellows. Oh, I oh, I mean, probably would have done much better. Going back to the bracket, it would have. I think Dick and Box would have beaten Debbie Downer. I think it would have beaten. Well, probably just that. I, maybe Cheeseburger Cheeseburger. For me. Um, oh, so that would have been an interesting debate. Yes, I think it would have. But I think other than that, I think I think all the other ones would have won. But. But we'll get to that. So we'll say Celebrity Jeopardy moves on to our final four. Our next matchup, uh, let's do, moving down here, uh, Blue Oyster Cult in the famous More Cowbell sketch and Samurai Deli going head-to-head. We've talked about Samurai Deli. Now we can talk about More Cowbell premiered April 8th, 2000, uh, a single sketch uh, starring Christopher Walken as the Bruce Dickinson, um, and of course Will Ferrell as uh, the fictional cowbell player, and Chris Parnell, Jimmy Fallon, Chris Kattan, and Horatio Sands as the members of Blue Oyster Cult, talking about the uh, the recording of Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. So, um, yes, Matt? I'll be right back. I have oh, to go uh, get was, my cowbell. That's fine. I was going to just keep talking. So, um, oh, He's gone! He's gone! Finally! He's gone. I'm sorry. We're going to go long tonight. Not that I don't feel. Oh, my God. He has a cowbell. This guy. Jeez. Um, he'll make it. It'll seem like I've been talking this whole time. It's uh, 
uh, excuse me, it's kind of uh, an interesting sketch in that as a single sketch, it's lasted as long as it has. Um, and I, I would argue this may be the most famous SNL sketch. Not certainly the best, or the, or, but I would say, if you were to say, quick, name an SNL sketch, this might be the most referenced one. Yeah, I, would, I think I would agree. I think it would be close, though. It would depend. First of all, I think it would depend on um, who you were speaking to. I think if you, if you, were, if you were talking to an older person who um, was practically, you know, uh, I guess our age when SNL had premiered, they might say a sketch like De Bears or a sketch like, uh, I'm trying to think, maybe even Cheeburger Cheeburger would be like a, a for them, like an iconic um, sketch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, this, this is definitely the one, I think that, that you can get a general consensus that, that everybody, like, that no matter what their age like the majority of people, if you like pooled a sample population, they'd probably go with this one. That'd be interesting to, to do, by the way. Be a really interesting study. To, to poll different ages and see what they say? Different demographics? Yeah. Dick in the box would be pretty high for the younger. I think so. Younger demographics. But I think yeah. a lot of the Will Ferrell stuff still holds up. I mean, I think we're a good example of that. I think they'd say Celebrity Jeopardy, and I think they'd say, you know... W. Yeah, some of the ones that aren't, you know, in the last 10 years, but are still really, really well remembered. But Matt, Matt, can I make a confession about uh, more cowbell? You've never seen it? No. Yeah, come on, everyone's seen it. Um, <laughs> you wrote? I don't think it's that funny. You don't think it's so, that funny? So, now let me, now, let me explain. Entitled with their own opinion. Let me explain. I think it's better than 80% of SNL sketches. Let me make that clear. By no means is it a bad sketch. Yeah. But when I was making my list of the ones yeah. I liked, I it didn't even cross my mind to put it in the top 10. Wow. And I really only kind of snuck it in there because I assumed everyone else would want it to be. To be honest, now, it's I, it's a good sketch. It's not I think that's fair. I cuz I understand exactly why someone wouldn't think that sketch is funny. It's just Will Ferrell being goofy and everyone else laughing about it. Exactly. Which I like, but... But doesn't that harken itself back to a classic age of SNL? Like we were talking about before, how it kind of started out with just like nonsensical humor, Mm -hmm. goof humor. It didn't really have to do with anything in in the pop culture. It was just being silly on camera. Mm -hmm. I think that really that the blue oyster cult harkens back it, it really taps into that feeling of snl and and for me that's that's what makes it so memorable is that it's just it's really just will ferrell in clothes that are too small for him uh dancing in in, in a silly way and and, and hitting the cowbell mm-hmm. i think that's all it needs to be but the problem i have with that is that it wasn't the 70s it was 2000 when this aired, and it was a different time. And I think you put this up against a contemporary sketch like Celebrity Jeopardy, and for my money, it's not close. Because I think Celebrity Jeopardy had both. It had the outrageous performances and the funny writing to back it up. And and I just... And I, I understand why people like it, and I do like it. But 
I would not put it in my top list. The, the problem, Matt, is we're not comparing it to any sketch. We're comparing it to one sketch. That's what we decided when we did this bracket style. We're comparing it to Samurai Deli, as yeah. we discussed earlier. Two sketches that, in a lot of ways, are similar. Yeah. That, Taking outrageous think. characters, putting them in a seemingly normal situation, and hilarity ensues. So the question is, who wins this battle of the titans? I think that if John Belushi were alive today, I think he would find a sketch like the Blue Oyster Cult sketch to be hilarious. Mm -hmm. I think he would find Will Ferrell's portrayal of it to be hilarious. Um... But did a sketch like Samurai Deli pave the way for Farrell? That's really what we have to decide. Is is the Samurai Deli kind of the precursor to the Blue Oyster Cult sketch? Because it happened first. And a, a lot, I mean, guaranteed, most people would remember Blue Oyster Cult more fondly than Samurai Deli. Oh, sure. I think. I think most of the people who remember Samurai Deli are dead. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think it just comes down to to rewatchability. Like, can you, which one can you watch again and and again and still laugh at it? For me, that's Oyster Cult. I think that Samurai Deli, you get the point. Like, he's, he's a samurai who cuts things in half. What I liked about Samurai Deli, though, was its versatility. When you can put it, it wasn't just the deli anymore. Yeah. For a little bit, it was the deli, but then they moved it, like you said before, but, to TV repair. He would have different professions, but and you knew what he was going to do. It was just the, it was really all about the buildup. The Blue Oyster Cult sketch was all about the surprise. Like you didn't nobody before. If it was the first time you watched that sketch, you didn't know what Will Ferrell was going to do. You didn't know he was going to dance like a like a lunatic. And that's why I'm going to defend Blue Oyster Cult sketch here, the more cowbell. I'm going to defend it. Is that, is that your that's, pick? That's my pick. All right. Blue Oyster Cult, more cowbell. You know, one thing I will say, and, and I, I think Blue Oyster Cult deserves this credit, is that it, it was never repeated. Of every sketch in our Elite Eight, other than Dick in a Box, it is the only one not repeated. Not, not done over and over. And I think that is unique and deserves mentioning. But the the sort of elitist in me wants to say Samurai Deli. You know, this is this is a sketch that defined the early Saturday Night Live days. This is one of the very first, not the very first, but one of the very first recurring characters on the show. Back in a time when they said they didn't want to do recurring characters. This is a character that defined John Belushi's career. One of the best, if not the best, actors in the history of the show. This is an iconic character that you say the name of, like more cowbell, and people recognize it. But you said something that really struck me, and that was, if I watch these back to back, which one would I laugh more at? Maybe it's my modern sensibilities. Maybe it's because it wasn't repeated and it hasn't been overdone and, and oh, right, oh, he chops it with the sword. How funny. Um, and maybe it's because it's what everyone talks about, but sadly, I don't want to, but I feel this need to pick and agree with you and say the Blue Oyster Cult sketch because it is 
emblematic of its own. You know, as much as we say uh, samurai de- defined the 70s, Morikawa defined the 90s and the early 2000s and Will Ferrell's career. And I, I think it deserves credit. Now, in the later rounds, when we put it up against other stuff, will it win? I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see. But I think specifically against Samurai Deli, I'm going to agree with you. And, and I think we're going to move it on. All right. Um, next up, let's move across to the other side and talk. Oh, man, wait till we put more cowbell up against Celebrity Jeopardy. But we'll get to that next. Didn't we all know that was going to be the inevitable? I mean, it's, it's a superstar and, matchup. And you know what? Maybe there, there's a couple of wild cards out there. Well, how about Say that. the Gore-Bush debates? which we've already discussed, up against a van down by the river. Matt Foley, inspirational speaker, famously played by By the great Chris Farley. Um, Fun fact, the the character was created by Bob Odenkirk, who went on, of course, to be on uh, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and Mr. Show. Um... He was played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times on the show between 93 to 97. Um, the, the one in 97 was when Chris Farley returned as host. Um, in my, in my opinion, the funniest was its premiere, um, which is the one most people remember with David Spade and Christina Applegate, um, who was hosting, who were playing the teens who get the help and he falls down and he hikes the pants up and, um, a, a truly excellent uh, physical performance on behalf of uh, Farley, which, of course, he became known as. Um, and that's going up against Gore Bush. Now, Matt, I will volunteer to go first on this one because you so graciously did on the last one and say this. SNL does debates wonderfully, but they are a different breed of sketch, and it's very difficult to compare it to a normal standard SNL sketch, which is essentially what Matt Foley is. It is a, it, forget about the plot and the, it is a relatively standard sketch. There's nothing revolutionary about how they did it, right? Um, and so I, I think it's, it, it would have been tough to put the debate up against any sketch. But I just don't think you can put it up against Matt Foley and have it walk away the winner. I, you just yeah. can't because because the debate yeah. is is referencing real life events, right? Yeah. And it is based on real life characters. And it, it's just, I don't know how, it's apples to oranges and you can't compare them. And, and I just, I'm going to pick Matt Foley every time, regardless if it was the best debate sketch they ever wrote. I still think you're going to have a tough time putting it against these sort of heavyweight sketches. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a pretty shut, open and shut instance. I think that it, they're not the same. It is apples and oranges. Um and even if, yeah, even if the debate itself was was um, up to that level, up to that caliber, I, I would still pick Matt Foley. You got to. Come on. Classic. Now, when we see Matt Foley advance in the rounds, I think we'll get a much more interesting debate out of, out of him. Well, I think we will because um, we're going to see him go up against one of these sketches, Matt. How about Debbie Downer versus Cheeseburger Cheeseburger? Now, Matt, fun fact, what is the actual uh, name of those sketches? Do they have a name? Yes, the sketch has a name, and I'll give you a hint. It's the name of the restaurant no where it takes sketch. place. Oh, um, is it, I want to say it's like some kind of Greek name, like Nikos or something. It is. It is Olympia Cafe. 
Olympia Cafe. Yeah, see, I thought it was... Which yeah. they say was actually based on the Billy Goat Tavern in Chicago, which is still operating. And John Belushi's father owned a cafe called the Olympia in the 60s. Wow, fun, little fact. fun fact for you. Uh, of course, we reference cheeseburger, cheeseburger, which I have a very tough time saying. And of course, Matt, what could you get with your cheeseburger? You get no Pepsi. You get Pepsi and you get cheap. No cheap. fries. Cheap. Oh, yeah, cheap. No fries. Cheap. Cheap. Cheeseburger, cheap. Pepsi. No Coke. Pepsi. No Coke. Um, <laughs> they did. Um, oh, it said somewhere in here they did. They didn't do many of them. They did a few of them. Um, not as many as like 14 or 15. The exact list isn't here in front of me, but, um, running in the, uh, seventies, of course, starring John Belushi, um, and, uh, in the, uh, and yeah, there you go. Going up against the, the previously discussed Debbie Downer with Rachel Dratch and Matt, I'm, I'm kind of scared to say that this is a, I, I made a mistake. I made, made a mistake. mistake, and I think my Stefan Debbie Downer matchup was not the heavyweight bout I was hoping it to be. Um, now, see, this is where you probably should have thrown in Brian Fellows. No, you wanted to kill him early off. Well, well actually, I guess we did anyway. Actually, I do have the list of the ones that I didn't include. So tell me, since you got to do your alternates, tell me if any of these would have fared better than Debbie Downer or Stefan. Specifically against cheese Going cheeseburger. Up against cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Yes. Okay. Um, I know you probably won't remember Garth and Cat, which was um, Wig and um, Will Forte when they would make up the song on Weekend Update. As okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, I, I wouldn't come close. I had the NPR ladies, sweaty with, balls, uh, sweaty balls. That's yeah. a classic. I had uh, French Chef with um, Dan Aykroyd. As um, uh, what's her face? Oh yeah, and he cuts himself and he bleeds everywhere. Yeah, yeah, which that's is a, a classic. A um, like I said, I had Palin Clinton in 2012, and I had do you remember? This is such a weird sketch. Nobody ever remembers this one, but I love it. The Ray Romano Sports Center sketch. Oh, yeah. sweet sassy molassy. So random. And I, I just every time I I love that sketch. It's so be, especially because him and how Tim angry. Meadows plays the other guy, and he's like seriously, yeah, yeah. seriously, <laughs> what? Yeah. Ray was like what? Um, so those were the ones I picked. Do you think? Do you think? I think NPR ladies probably would have fared better. Yeah, that, I was just gonna say that the the NPR ladies would definitely come the closest in this contest. Mm. That's another because it's another iconic oh, sketch. And like, I also <laughs> had Bill Clinton at McDonald's. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. I do. I really like that one, but I've got a weird taste. That was so. a nice one. But sadly, I didn't pick them, and well, so of all of them, the NPR would have stacked up the best. But I, I you would still, still don't think it would have won. I would still, I'd still pick cheeseburger, cheeseburger. I think we're gonna have to that go. Was with that was a really good sketch. I, I, I think, think it, it is. Be the winner. But I, I think we didn't really, we didn't really uh, argue it enough. This is up for debate. Well, do you, but what I'm saying is, we can wait. And we can really debate it against Matt Foley, which would be the next step. Okay. All right. Maybe we'll save it for that. The F- we, really it, didn't do, we didn't do that discussion justice either. They in the interest of time. Uh, easy opponents. So, Matt, yeah. cheeseburger, cheeseburger against Matt Foley, inspirational speaker. Where are you going to stand on this one? Okay. So I was wrong. <laughs> About? Just one thing? <laughs> well, I've been, I have been wrong in the past, and I've, I, am, I am always willing to admit the many, 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 many times that I've been wrong. <laughs> but most recent, 
recently, I did say earlier. Matt, hang on. You're, you're, you're um, hang on, hang on. You're breaking. Time. You're breaking up. Matt, are you still there? That we would have. I'm still here. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, you're back. You're, you're back. But we didn't hear anything you said. I didn't say anything important. All I okay. said was, I think that earlier in the debate, I said that the most difficult decision I would come to would be between um, celebrity. Was it celebrity, celebrity Jeopardy. Jeopardy? And whatever that was against. It's only been like 10 minutes, <laughs> but it feels like an eternity. <laughs> I, I, I had a decision earlier in this debate, and I thought it was going to be a lot harder than this one. Now I'm looking at the, at the, at the list. Oh, it was Blue Oyster, Oyster Cult, Cult. Versus, versus Samurai, Samurai Deli. Deli. Yeah. I thought that would be the hardest one. But no, this is very much these – are, these are my two favorite sketches going head to head. Well, if you think this – wait till our next one, but – So – Wow. It, it really comes, you know what? Ultimately, it comes down to a discussion of Belushi versus Farley. Not really so much the characters they're playing. It's the actors behind them, uh, I think. Okay. Because I think this is Belushi. This is classic Belushi versus classic, very classic Farley. Sure. It's Farley in his element playing the angry fat guy mm -hmm. that he always liked to play. Belushi was a, a little bit more versatile in, like... He could, he didn't have to, like, this was, he played a lot of people with accents, but he didn't have to have an accent. And in this one, jeez, I'm, I'm just replaying the sketches in my head and, and finding the parts that I laughed at the most. They were both great. Both great. Both deserve the highest honors. And, and just for the sake of time, got to pick one. Matt Foley, inspirational speaker. All right. Interesting choice, Matt. And I, I agree. I think I think you're right. It is it is a battle of titans, and especially titan actors and, and these two guys. Some of the best in the history of the show. For me, when I look at these sketches, when I put them head to head, what I look for is, and what immediately strikes me is the, the different ways they go about the humor, right? Cheeseburger is essentially, we're going to hammer this joke into your head, which works. Debbie Downer is an example of this, right? Where mm -hmm. it, it is the same note and it's funny. And Samurai Deli is another example of where they hammer it into your head. The reason I'm going to pick Matt Foley, and I agree with you, is because that is a sketch that somehow managed to get funnier as it went on and managed to throw things at you you did not expect. Because it starts out a little more mild. He gets louder. He then gets in your face. He then he's hiking up the pants. He then falls over on top of the table. You don't think this character can one-up himself <laughs> anymore. And then somehow he does. And that's what's amazing, where, to me, uh, Olympia Cafe is kind of a, a bit more of a flat line. It's a funny flat line, but for me, Matt Foley had those dips and the spikes, and I, I agree. I'm going with Matt Foley on this, going to our final two. Yeah, and when we really, when we really peel back the argument, you got to give it. Matt Foley becomes a lot more of an obvious choice. The, no, no other... Very few other sketches had the physicality Absolutely. of um, of Matt Foley's sketch. He really brought a lot of himself into the character, and he really acted it out physically, much yep. more physically than Olympia Cafe. It, it may be the best example I can think of, of of the writing being taken to such a higher level. Like, I can't think of another sketch that did that. 
I can't think of another actor that could emulate that. 100%. It really could only be Chris Farley. I agree. But, Matt, you thought that was a tough decision. How about this matchup? Celebrity Jeopardy versus more Cowbell. Yeah. So it comes to this. The winner taking on Matt Foley in our finals. Um, I guess you started on that one. I can start on this one. Um, again, uh, apples and oranges. I think this is a tough debate because Celebrity Jeopardy is a essentially a template sketch, right? Plug in jokes to make funny with the same characters. Whereas more cowbell is a single sketch designed to be funny and, and leave and go home. Right. Um, and so naturally I want to say celebrity jeopardy. And I think part of that's volume. And I think part of that's longevity, right? It was, it was around longer. It had 14 more sketches than more cowbell had. And I think there's there's value in that competition, but it's tough. It really is. I think it's really tough, and I don't think it's an easy decision. I am going to say Celebrity Jeopardy, and I think because it spawned more characters, I think it highlighted more actors, I think the writing was funnier, and overall, again, it's this... Do you go with the sketch that I find to be smart and clever and well-written like Jeopardy? Or do you go with the one that's Will Ferrell in the tight shirt banging on the cowbell? Which is funny. I'll take that any day of the week over some crap. But I just don't think it's as as good of a sketch. Maybe, maybe it's less funny. But in terms of quality, I'm going to give it to Celebrity Jeopardy. That's my pick, Matt. What do you say? Well, I guess this one's up for debate. Yeah. Because I'm going to go ahead and take the cowbell sketch. I think that this cowbell sketch worked on a different level than almost almost any sketch. And I would really, really like to see it about <laughs> the championship against Matt Foley. Because I thought that my previous two decisions were hard. That would – I don't know what I would do. Oof. Um, yeah, the, because the, because these are two extremely physical performances, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes, yes. Convince me, because I'll change my mind if you can convince me. I'm open-minded. The cowbell sketch, and it's interesting that both of these matchups, by the way, are Will Ferrell versus Will Ferrell, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not, really. It's Will Ferrell up against Will Ferrell and some supporting actors, such as, you know... Um, uh, in which sketch? Uh, Celebrity Jeopardy. Uh, Daryl oh. Hammond and... Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald, whose name yeah. I keep forgetting. Um, these, that's the thing, is that it, it, the, the Celebrity Sketch needs to work with multiple actors, which is hard to do, um, but it does work, like you said, granted. Blue Oyster Cult, I think, never overstays its welcome. The sketch does not overstay its welcome. It does not go on a minute 100%. too long. Its timing is perfect. And the mm-hmm. timing is really where it, where it shines. Um, and the unpredictability of it is there. Celebrity Jeopardy, you know the format. You know uh, Will Ferrell is going to come out, be the straight-laced Alex Trebek character. Um, you know that Daryl Hammond is going to be Sean Connery or his, you know, his hilarious Sean Connery, raunchy, body Sean Connery. You know that he's uh, Norm Macdonald is going to play the weird, somehow Burt Reynolds 
character that he invented that he kind of made up on the spot. Um, so most of the lines ad lib, by the way. So what I'm um, hearing is your is your argument. Would you rather have <coughs> fifteen really good sketches or one perfect sketch? In a way, I guess that's what I'm saying. In a way, is that, I, that for all as funny as the Celebrity Jeopardy sketches are, and as as many as many great great moments and and as as well written it is, I think all of that writing just goes right out the window when you just see the raw authenticity that that Will Ferrell brings to the cowbell sketch, and it, it's just a really like a moment in time kind of thing. If he had messed up any of those movements, if he had not done those movements, if he had done them any less emphatic, if he had done them, if he had half-assed it in any way, that sketch was not going to work. The sketch would have fallen apart and no one would have remembered it. No, no, no matter how many Christopher Walkins you can stick in it. The, the Celebrity Jeopardy kind of fell on its face a few times, if you remember. Mm-hmm. There were moments where, where jokes didn't land and there were moments it, like it. And, and granted, you know, the, the, it was shown multiple times across multiple episodes and even multiple seasons. But you can always come back to that, no, that, 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 that more cowbell sketches, a moment in time. Everything just kind of worked perfectly for those set minutes. And, and that, to me, is why it's such a masterful sketch. Matt? I, I think all of your points are incredibly valid. I, th- I think you're exactly right. My fear is, are, are we, are we, again, it's all about how we define this. And to me, I, I'm, I'm fearful we're veering into the territory of which is the better Will Ferrell sketch. Because I think in that battle, I'm going to give it to more cowbell. Yeah. But that's not the question at hand. No. It's which is the better sketch overall. Here's, here's how I am going to make my final decision. Celebrity Jeopardy is a parody. That's what it is. It is a parody of something that exists. It's an extreme parody, sure, but it's a parody of something that exists. What, 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 and I don't think we've hit on this yet about more cowbell. That is a 100% unique sketch idea. There is nothing derivative about that. There's nothing parody about that. Yes, it's behind the music, but it's not. Not like behind the music was a cultural icon. Um, It was merely just a way to frame the story. And I think in that respect, I can't name other maybe than Matt Foley a, a sketch that has taken a unique premise and destroyed it as well as Calvell did. So I think you convinced me. I would say this is a fifty-one forty-nine decision, but I think I think more Calvell does need to move on to take on Matt Foley in the championship of our SNL sketch MVP challenge. Um Matt, would you consider this one easy? No. I consider it very I easy. That, I think that goes without saying. I know I consider it very easy. I know I know what you're going to pick. Oh, of course. I and and I've made my... Oh, you think you know why I'm going to pick it? Yes. Okay. I think you kind of I think I think you've kind of had it out for Cowbell for I've, a long time. I've here. come to appreciate it a lot more as we've talked about it though. So I, I will I will give us that. Good. But, but and I'll get my point out of the way quickly so you can give a real yeah. analysis. But I'm going to pick Matt Foley because I feel again, I feel it was the 
the overall, and that's why I think it's going to end up number one among all the sketches we talked about. It was the best combination of everything that an SNL sketch is. Writing, acting, physical humor, uh, character uh, actor reactions within the sketch, longevity, catchphrases, everything about it hit on 100%. More Cowbell hit that 90% of the way. I feel it falls flat on the writing front. I don't think it's a particularly interesting sketch as written. It is a physical performance, but I feel Matt Foley had better lines and had a more unique premise than More Cowbell, and that's what tips it for me. Not that More Cowbell's bad, and I do think it's a tough matchup, but that's what tips my scales. Matt, where where are you going to fall? Talk us through your thinking here. All right. So obviously two iconic sketches, two extreme heavyweights both of them very very deserving of being in the final round now that but now that we're lining them up against each other i see i start you start to see through the paint a little bit with the cowbell sketch you start to see through the cracks Mm -hmm. you see that essentially it is just one really funny moment of, of just will ferrell dancing like a crazy person in the tight shirt. But but Matt Foley was just hysterical the whole time. From start to finish. Just absolutely hysterical. And, and the writing was on point. Chris Farley and, and that's the that's why this is such an Achilles heel for the for the cowbell side. Is because Chris Farley was just so so over the top physically. He even he even eclipses Farrell's physicality. Absolutely. And I, to be honest, on that specific I, aspect, I don't think it's close. I think our championship, I think our, our well, rather, our, our preliminary, I guess if this was the NFL, this would be our, our, our championship argument. Um, I think the, the, um, the Foley versus Cheeberger Kind of like the Broncos versus the Patriots. <laughs> I know that's a sore subject. I had to bring it up. Oh, did, did you see what I got? I'm wearing tonight. I got my Pat shirt going yeah, here. Yeah, I, I see you. Yeah, I'm repping. Thinking, repping for next season. For, oh yeah, no, this is. I'm wearing this uh, in, in, for the Super Bowl <laughs> next year. Okay, we'll see you there. Hopefully, go Saints. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wishful. We all have wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I don't think that uh, blue 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 oyster Colt Cowbell stands a chance against Matt Foley. It, it, it's this this Super Bowl contest, unfortunately, is is Seahawks Broncos. Yep, yep, a blowout. It's pretty much over before it started. A blowout. Damn. The champion is Matt Foley. The champion sketch. I think that's our winner. It's got to be. I I agree. I, I think we've done I it. I can't think, and I know this is up for debate, and I I. You know, I apologize to our listeners. I wish we had a more spirited side for the for the cowbell. Yeah, but you know what? I think we've only just just crushes it in every in every aspect. But the thing about the bracket is, we've made arguments for both of these multiple times. I mean, by the time you get to the championship, your points have been made. We've talked these yeah. to death, and I think the points present themselves. And if you disagree, I want you to let us know at Up for Debate TV or Up for Debate TV at gmail.com, and we'll talk about it next week. If you if you disagree with us and want to make the point, please right, do. Just because it's it, you know our show is called up for debate, it doesn't yep. mean it has to be the debate between Sean and myself. You guys can also be part of this debate, and this we're, debate we're isn't we're over. All up for debate. That's right, and it's not over. 
It's not over. Uh, Matt, we are way long on time, which is fine, because uh, I think it was worth it. I do want to quickly ask you, though, is there a sketch that you either thought would do better or you, that we missed? Or is there, is there any regrets in how uh, this bracket turned out? I don't have I don't have any regrets. I mean, for, I don't know why how George Bush versus Kerry got in there. Yeah. Um, I, I had always I kind of lean more on the Dukakis one. Um, the, your hatred for Brian Fellows was very unexpected. I just, I, 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 I was just surprised like by that. It surprised me. It took, took me off, uh, off guard a little bit. Um, I'm looking. Yeah. For, for me, the, the only, I guess I'm not entirely, I mean the championship, Cheeburger, Cheeburger versus Matt Foley. For some reason, I thought I thought we would wind up with one of the presidential debates in there. Yeah, I don't think and those got a fair shot. If we had done a bracket, and this is something we might explore in the future, a bracket on just you know, debates, just the debates, or yeah. just the debate slash presidents. Yep. You know, we'd have some high ranking things there. Absolutely. I guess uh, I'm, I'm surprised Samurai Deli didn't do too well. I thought that that would go a little bit further, but. Stag, when, when I once I saw the brackets made, it yeah. was pretty clear that Blue Oyster Cult was going to beat it. Yeah, I'm. My only regrets are I, I really think, I mean, Celebrity Jeopardy made it to the final two, but I, I just I really feel like that is a truly fantastic set of sketches. And you know, while, while I don't expect it to win, I I, I do want to highlight that. And the other thing is, I I regret my two my two inclusions of Debbie Downer and Stefan. I wish I'd brought in the NPR ladies because I think that would have been. A, a far better a far better example um to to include yeah. but overall i i think we came to the right decision matt i don't regret this at all not at all not, not at, at all. all i'm very happy with this decision good job uh, us yeah we're great wow <laughs> isn't that special it is special and, and on that note i think we've got to conclude this debate matt fantastic as always i thought this was a great episode we're going to be back with another episode number 43 i don't know what it's going to be yet but uh when we do we'll do it so uh, be sure to check out our website up for debate.tv and what's amazing you can go to this little link up for debate.tv slash links or click links on the website and there's all the places you can follow us on social media twitter facebook YouTube, SoundCloud, and links to where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, via RSS, and on most major podcasting apps. All those places you should check out. But they're on the website, one central place, upfordebate.tv. You'll have plenty of time to listen to us when you're living in a van down down by the the river. river. Yeah, yeah, I love it. (laughs) Um, That's fantastic. Uh, And one other thing, of course, our contest is ongoing through February 5th. Check that out on the website. And, of course, check out Game Nights, the show Matt and I do with Colby and Dan playing Dungeons & Dragons now at GameNights.tv. Matt, anything else before we send the fine fine people home? Uh, I think we're going to close out our show with uh, just uh, two simple words. Three simple words. Suck it, Trebek. Oh, see, I was going to go with no Coke, Pepsi. No Coke, Pepsi. No Coke, Pepsi. Cheeps. No cheeps. No fries. Cheeps. <laughs> Either way, we're concluding. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. So we'll see you next time for another Up for Debate. Up for Debate.